G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I am joined by Jake from Hatchat. Hey, guy, mate. Great, mate. For the first time, it actually just clicked to me that the reason you get me on the podcast is because we talk about the lesser knowns. And, uh, you know, as far as our podcast goes, I'm certainly on the uh, on that side of the spectrum, which is which is great. I love it. It nah, works for me. The real reason is because you work two streets over and you can pop around your lunch break and get it done. Oh, let's, it's not it's, let's not pretend it's convenience. There's, <laughs> yeah, something, there's something about it. Uh, no. Thanks again, mate, for having nah, us on. Always good to have you on. Uh, last time we did a bit of a swap show where I was on the uh, the Hat Chat show. I uh, didn't get an invite this week. Not that I'm really looking for one because i got a bit on at the moment with work and stuff like that. But uh, no, nah, it's great to have you on and thanks for giving up your time to come on the show. What's been happening? Look, mate, it's been a bit of fun. Having a lot of fun in the buy rounds, both in the classic side of things. Uh, main keeper is running through the buys as well, which has been a bit of fun. I had out of my 32 on the list, I had 18 on the buy last week because who buy plans for your keeper leagues? Uh, but anyway, that's fine. It yeah, is what it is. No one does it. Like, you know, unless like you're looking like three years in the past, who's going to be on the buy in round 14 in you know 2027? Uh, it's pretty hard to actually do it. There's a bit of like debate, I guess, in some of our leagues. Like, I got one where we've got them on, and we got one where they've got them, got them off. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think play through them or have them off? Well, this is a bit dubious. I know that uh, a few of the guys, including our commissioner, listen. Yeah. And uh, last time I said, oh, I don't think you play through. And he promptly reminded me I voted to have the buys on. <laughs> so uh, I think now I look at my team, I think buys off would have been the right play. But again, it's just one of those hard ones because it's probably not a fair reflection of your team. Although in really deep leagues, you'd like to think that you've got to be able to structure yeah. your side one way or another. So in the league that mine plays through... I lost my first game of the year this week and I had only like 15 players playing. I had essentially a full team, I think. Um, might have got there with if I didn't have a few injuries and stuff like that. But when I look back at the end of the season and I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is just do a bit of comparative is like where did I finish on the ladder in compared to what if we didn't play through the buyers? Where did we finish on the ladder? I don't reckon there'll be too much of a difference. No, I like, think it probably it comes in waves. There's yeah. going to be a week that you're going to be better off than your opponent and a week that yeah, your opponent's better off. Exactly. So you, you might cop a poor rub of the green. Um, the Content Creators Cup in the classic side of things, Sanch is the perfect uh, example of that. He has just lost to three or four guys mid-season to their absolute peak score for the year. Yeah, yeah. Even, uh, I think, the week he, he played Zave, who, as much as we love Zave, he's, he's not he's not kind of uh, yeah. popping out some big I scores. I don't know Zave, but I've heard no. he's mentioned on a few podcasts this week about he's not scoring too well. No, his, his team isn't exactly uh, crash on, I wouldn't, <laughs> okay, I wouldn't yeah. suggest. But uh, the week that Sanch copped his three Callum Mills captain, he ended up drawing with Zave, who oh, I don't no. think he's won a game otherwise. So, look, these are the things that happen. Your teams don't actually get to play defence, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I've lost a few in the classic uh, the last few weeks, and I'm, I'm I'm definitely getting a few screenshots and saying, do I start a podcast now or, you know, do I start TikTok and start <laughs> posting there? So, yeah, copping a bit of that at the moment. But again, my, my goal is to improve my team through the buy rounds. I'm still in the top 2,300 or something like that. Hey, but not, doing, that. not doing too bad. But anyway, we're not here to talk about classic. We're here to talk about the Keeper Leagues and we're going to get stuck into that in a second. But first, I want to thank our supporters, our sponsors in Game Day Squad. Create, coach and compete in fantasy footy with Game Day Squad. Uh, if you haven't played before, you open digital packs to get digital crate, uh, trading cards and then you make your team with those instead of selecting players from a player pool. Um, different kind of cards have different multipliers, so they have different scoring power and you get free cards every week 
quick just for logging in. Best thing about it, it's a dynasty format. So you get young players and you can keep them from year to year and keep going. So perfect fit for this podcast. That's it, mate. A lot of the players we talk about uh, cross over into that format. So create, coach, and compete with Game Day Squad. Head to gamedaysquad.com.au and check it all out. All right, we're going to get into the most relevant names of the week in the podcast this week. Oh, I've got a feeling it's going to be a short, sharp, and shiny episode, though, given that there was only six games on the weekend. And I only got to watch four of them. So. That's all right. I got, I got five in, so all we'll right, see how good. we go. Hopefully, I think there might be one that we're missing, but uh, I'm sure we'll be able to piece it together from the stats and uh, other commentary that's going on. All right, did you watch the Port game on Thursday? Uh, yes, I I. I, I I don't feel like I'm the one discussing this. Do you remember much of the poor game on, on Thursday? Uh, not particularly, to be honest. <laughs> Ended up at the Little Pub on Highley Street uh, before, straight after work on Thursday. They had a few, uh, they, had, they had happy hours. They had, they had a few craft beers on tap. Um, so, yeah, they're pretty dangerous before a game. Um, I actually rode my bike in anticipation that um, I wouldn't be able to drive home. Not that it's legal to drink and ride, but... Okay. Yep, you know, you know just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't commit any crimes. I'm just saying. I just rode just in case. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that was a factor. But yeah, that might give you an indication of uh, yeah how things were going after the game. Um, first player I want to talk about was Todd Marshall. Um, he's averaging eighty from sorry, averaging ninety from his last three. So given he's playing in a side that is currently on top of the ladder, uh, had to get that one in, mate. Yep, <laughs> well, we got the one week to enjoy it <laughs> before Collingwood play again. But uh, look, he's kicking goals and he's going to be on the end of a few given there's a pretty strong midfielder kicking him midfield and kicking him in his direction i think he's a bit of a streaming option like a last picked forward type situation what are your thoughts yeah obviously with key forwards they're kind of taboo i suppose obviously in the draft game they're a necessary evil just because especially in our keeper formats they're the guys that are maintaining forward status yeah exactly. you can't pick all these mid forwards who are going to lose their forward status next year every time um and you're right port are a team on the up they maybe have underformed over the last year or two, uh, but their last couple of matchups weren't easy matchups and Marshall's played pretty bloody well in both games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's no doubt that streaming option, uh, I'd say looking at his matchups, that's when you'd pick him, but he's actually kind of done it in the reverse yeah. these last few weeks. Yeah, when he seems, he seems to lift when there's tougher opponents. Just have a look at his age here on, in Google. He's only 24 years old, which is about the time the key fours do kind of hit their straps as well. So given that he's a really accurate or pretty accurate set shot as well, um, generally puts slots his goals, could put up a few handy scores here and there. So just want to think about. Not saying start him, but want to think about. Um, I'm going to tip the cap to Alira Lear, 84 points. He's up and down. He's the right type of player to take a few intercept marks and get a few kicks and he can kind of break lines and things like that, but he has to lock down too often to uh, be viable. Absolutely. What do you think of uh, Quentin Knuckles' game? Uh, look, I, I mean, I didn't see what the uh, the performance was the week earlier in the sample, yeah, but it big. looked like a deep forward role <laughs> yeah. for much of the game. Yeah. Um, obviously great for him to get that another opportunity, not getting picked up during the start of the season and, and come back against his old side with a win uh, but the role doesn't seem to be there and unsurprisingly so you look at yeah. Ports midfield he's, he's really going to be getting a very minimal crack in there you would expect it was an unusual selection I think for Port this year like I know Quentin Knuckles played as a forward at Geelong in the past and maybe it was the revenge game factor that they wanted to get him in for and see if he can perform above what they expect but Port are typically this season picked players like for like. So when Junior Rioli went out, I was thinking maybe well, Arazio Fantasia or something would come in because they've been pretty like for like this season. So Quinton Narkwood they've been playing him as a midfielder in the in the reserves. And so I was thinking he'd probably only come in if a midfielder goes out, but managed to get a game as a forward. Yeah, I just he's not going to get that same role 
at the senior level as he does in the was he was getting it at the Essendon twos and now getting it at Port Adelaide twos. Um, he's not a viable option, even though a lot of people are probably thinking about him. Yeah, I think the hard part with that one is he's certainly that creative small forward when he plays forward. So yeah. whilst he hasn't been playing the like for like role, I think in ability he probably has that that capability as well as the diversity where if he they had to happen to lose a midfielder and they need him to, to inject into the midfield that he has that too but you are right I mean Arazio is a really interesting one after coming across um, been back I think from an injury for a, a few weeks now yeah, yeah playing in the twos on his so, way back so yeah. I think he kicked a few goals in the twos on the weekend so he's somebody's putting his hand up for selection as well if Junior's no good but uh, yeah I guess he's just I'm just playing it down a little bit that's all because I just don't think he's going to get that nice role so the, the, the sample scores are going to suck a few people in I think but um, yeah I don't think it's quite there just yet uh, Zach Guthrie also known as the Zote on this podcast he had 89 points and his last three scores have actually been 76, 79, 89 so he's lifting a little bit Tom Stewart's getting a bit of attention yes, back there yes absolutely is and that um, might be freeing him up a bit I think that's pretty well what we're talking about here yeah. and, and it's hard because when Geelong are losing games and they're losing a lot of this ability coming out of the half back maybe there's merit to a lot of teams continuing to do it obviously Mitch Duncan back in the side yeah, seemed to swing back there as well a little bit so yeah. I do wonder how that continues with Duncan back. But after the last few weeks, again, there's certainly a role for him to play in your team. Yeah, he's a play. Uh, If he's he's available in a lot of waiver-wires, I think still, I think he's under 40% owned, so he could be one just to think about. Um, If you need a defender that can score okay from time to time, he's there. Oscar McInerney, 134 points. I think he was the third highest scorer of the round. I think he technically is 2G4P after round 11 because he got four 80s in a row, but can he maintain this? Uh, again, Not 134. I was going to say, 80s or... <laughs> can he push to a 90 average by year's end? It's so hard because, again, we're talking Ruckman and he's kind of hitting that... It's probably a little bit older than we'd expect a Ruckman yeah, when they finally hit their 20s, straps yeah. in 28, 29. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, I've had him in a couple of keepers. I actually moved him on this off-season to bring Romar in, just um, oh, which nice. obviously comfortable with the, the yeah, trade. Absolutely. But he, he's seeing him hit his straps is a little bit bittersweet. Um, yeah. I think we've always seen it in him. He's been quite restrictive, and we know he's the kind of Ruckman that is actually a bit more suited to today's game around the grounds, etc. So, look, I, I don't see any reason that he can't. Again, he was coming up against the Swannies, um, not necessarily known for their, their peak Ruck matchups. I mean, Hickey back in, but they've had a lot of rotation this year with that Ruck position just through injury and whatnot, so that does make it a little harder to gauge. Um, some interesting matchups coming up over the next few weeks, which I think will really determine that. But I agree. I can't imagine he's not listed in a lot of leagues. Yeah. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. I can't remember, but a few weeks ago, I needed. I had Laddams as my number one ruck and Lysett as my other one, and he wasn't out. Also had Proust on the bench. <laughs> the guy had the guy I tra- ended up trading with had Matt Flynn, and I was like, hey, do you want to get take Proust so you've got a handcuff there nice. when Proust comes back? And this is before Proust, the second, well, the latest Proust announcement came through and he's like yeah it makes sense I can't get McInerney on the ground if Proust comes back could kick Flynn out I'll take Proust off your hands give you McInerney Proust is now the news has come out that he's going to be out for even longer and I've just got McInerney now he's my number one ruck who's like scoring massive Mate, you'd be stoked for that. So, oh, it wasn't even intentional it was just safety you yeah. know what I mean because I didn't expect Peter Laddams to get injured either no um, well I kind of did but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, not like, that, that specifically just I'm got a- him there for safety and now I've got this backup ruck going big for me yeah so. my single season my main single season when I first ever started playing draft not sure how I nabbed it, but um, I'll have Big O as my secondary ruck sitting behind Timmy English. So yeah. it's feeling a bit frustrating seeing these scores and there's no way that I can get them included. But 
Yeah. What, is, what do you do? That's the thing. Like with the utilities in Ultimate Footy, you could have had them both on ground, but it's a different yep. game now. But hopefully they bring a few things into AFL Fantasy. Won't dwell on that too much because a lot of people are whinging about that. Uh, next one, next Brisbane player is Zach Bailey. <laughs> I feel like he has this game every two or three weeks where, you know, he scored 112 points in this game. He'll have a massive score, so we talk about him, and then he would score 60 next week and then 70 and then go bang again. Like it's just every two or three weeks. I think he just needs to be more consistent. I think you've covered that. Yeah. Be more consistent, mate. Yeah, exactly. He was uh, up in the CBAs this week as well. So maybe that was a humor cluggage yeah. byproduct. I don't Agreed. know. Yeah. A few debutants in this game uh, and a lot of interest in these guys. Well, Jasper, Jasper Fletcher um, in particular, Kai Lohman uh, debuted as well. Had 56 and 57 uh, respectively. Fletcher was kind of on the wing in place of, I guess, McCluggage's outside role and Lohman was up forward more. They're serviceable without starring. So, yeah, yeah. I, I actually really like the look of Fletcher, yeah. not in terms of fantasy prospects as such, but just, just as, as a player. player. Yeah. And I think he it's kicked the goal, be, didn't he? He kicked the yeah, cracking yeah, goal right. too. Yeah. Uh, probably could have been two. He almost looked like he got knocked out, got up and almost kicked one 30 seconds later. So. Yeah. Uh, looks like a real talent, and I'd be surprised. Very hard one playing clearly what McCluggage's outside role is for him to hold. But yeah. talent-wise, now that he's back, I think they're going to want to blood him a lot more. So I think expect a lot more game time for Jasper Fletcher. Kyle Lohman, I think um, probably more so coming in just due to the, the midweek news of two players deciding that they're not <laughs> not capable of seeing yeah. footy, which is very Drop interesting. themselves. Yeah. yeah. Could you do that at your job, mate? I don't know. Uh, no, I reckon I've probably done it in my footy career before, though, <laughs> so I've deserved to. I need to drop myself, but yes. anyway. So, I think that's a byproduct of that. So, we'll see how that scenario plays out over the next few weeks. Loman yeah. looked fine, but but I just don't think he's best 22 if um, all of their players are fit. Probably could drop myself at work, actually. Just probably wouldn't get paid. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's I'm, not, I'm not good enough to keep paying me my contract. Yeah, yeah it's on. not really going to happen, I don't think. Uh, speaking of, well, you mentioned time on ground before, but uh, Angus Sheldrick scored 82 from 57% time on ground. I think he has to hold his spot, though, don't you? Oh, he was excellent. A couple yeah. of goals that he kicked, he, uh, that third quarter in particular, yeah. he started. And you're right, there's so much of the game that you wonder, oh, what role is he playing? He doesn't yeah. seem to be around the ball. No, he's just on the bench. It's not that he's got a terrible role. He's just not on the ground a lot, which is really interesting. I mean, I, I went the mistake of bringing in Buller for yeah. his debut instead of Loman in, yeah. in Classic. That was seemed to be bad. But um, I think there's a couple of guys that might drop out of that Sydney side. Sam Wicks, obviously, with his suspension for that silly act. Um, yeah, I think right. Sheldrick certainly holds this week and hopefully the next few. Yeah, I was um I was of the opinion that he probably gets one more week on the back of his performance last week and then because Parker's in the side he probably gets forced out but it seemed to complement the midfield nicely Mills probably coming back in a couple of weeks does that affect him? But I don't really know but we're, we're talking long term here anyway yep. uh, massive underage scorer in fantasy, huge scorer in the twos, he's only looked poor at AFL level because he's played as like a small forward, pressure forward role given that the someone like Parker probably moves on in the next Three, two, three years type thing. He's probably the next guy in to replace him. So I think could be so. some future there for him. Points per points per minute is still absolutely elite. Yeah. So that and it's one of the metrics we look for. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll move on to the GWS game. So Finn Callahan, he had 108 points. And I guess a lot of people feared with Kelly back in, he would move back to the outside. He was getting a lot of CBAs in the in the in the game in their games in the last few weeks. But he actually had more CBAs than Kelly's. So Kelly can play the outside too. This is actually the game that neither of us saw, so it's hard to like, see where they were at. But Finn Callahan, I think uh, Jaden Papowski was saying on the Traders Patreon last night, sorry if I'm giving, uh, giving away behind the uh, 
paywall content. Um, but he, he looks at the scoring chains. So there's an API out there where you can actually see every scoring chain and how it works. And Finn Callahan doesn't necessarily rely on CBAs to get his scoring as well. So he can he can find it around the ground. Jason must stuff. love that. I know yeah, he's yeah. not a big CBA guy. <laughs> yeah, so know, he's so, certainly right up his alley. Yeah, he put it in the article on the... Uh, that's right. He put it on the article on that, um, the keeperleague.com.au. So yeah, keeperleaguepod.com.au. So that's right. He was there first before it was on the traders. So all good. Um, but yeah, so that's just something to think about. I think Finn Callahan though, is just going to be a gun of the future. So if you haven't got him, snapped him up. Or if you're rebuilding, he's definitely a player to kind of start building your team around, That's I think. Great little segue, mate. So I don't know if you want to get into this now, but I did make a couple of trades Ooh. around my piece at pre mid season. Yeah. Pre season. That's an early pre season. Well, I like talking trades. I'll do it anytime this year. Yeah, mid season draft this week. Um, yeah. I did send you a quick message just because I wanted to see your initial thoughts about yeah. one of the trades. This other one was with Sanch. Um, yeah. so obviously, Sanch from, from Hat Chat. Sanch is um, gunning for a flag in your league. He is. He's had a bit of a stacked side for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, in this particular instance, was looking at bringing in players that were. Um, going to be complimentary to his finals push and his flag push. Yep. Uh, and I had a quick look at his side and his midfield is, when I say stacked, we called him stacked Zach for a reason. Yeah, it yeah. is absolutely stupid. Yeah. Uh, and I looked at a couple of the guys on the bottom end and I kind of said, I don't think Ward and uh, Josh Ward, that is, and Finn Callahan are keepers for you. He agreed. So uh, Josh Ward, Finn Callahan uh, moved to the donuts for many keys. Yep. Uh, obviously, mid forward helps him in his forward line, and Bailey Williams from the Dogs defender Ooh, mid. And, that's a big one to get rid of, and uh, a couple of mid season draft picks as well for me. So for you me. got some mid season draft. So picks. I got some mid season draft picks yep. on top of that second and third rounders, which uh, were pretty tasty in my rebuild. So I'm pretty stoked to have Finn Callahan. Hopefully, Josh Ward can find his way back into the ones because he's been uh, a notable scorer both underage and in the twos. Yep. He just has to squeeze his way back into that Hawthorne side for me. Don't mind it. May have given up Bailey. You said Bailey, Bailey Smith? Bailey Williams, Bailey Williams. Oh, Bailey Williams, sorry. Bailey Williams. No, I, I might have said Smith. No. If I said Smith, I apologise. No, I'm good, but... sorry. Might have been Bailey Williams. I might have just misheard. Yeah. All good. No, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yep. So that's good. Um, let's move on to Callum M. Brown. Callum Browns were the bane of my existence in my database keeping because <laughs> there was two of them. And they'd always combine their stats in my database. Nice. So I'm, I've always gotten used to calling him Callum M. Brown for my database. Luckily, Callum Brown isn't playing anymore. No. Is that right? Yeah, Tyler Brown's, Tyler Brown's picked been up, picked up. Yep. but Callum Brown's gone. So it doesn't really matter anyway. I don't have to call him Callum M. Brown. But anyway, uh, he had 94 points um, and he's been playing up forward, I guess, the last month. His best game out there so far, we will mention that uh, Jesse Hogan was out. Uh, Jack Riccardi went massive as well yep. as, a, as a result of that. And they dominated uh, this game over the Dockers as well. So I think there's a lot of things that went his way. He had eight marks, kicked two goals. I'm going to tip of the cap him for now because it's the first kind of performance we've seen and there was just a lot of factors that helped him, I think. Feels out of the box enough for me to say, watch this space. Like yeah. you said, tip of the cap rather than getting too hot on him. Uh, I don't think they're going to beat teams for 70 points too often. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's not going to happen very often. Um, we'll move on to the Saturday night game at the G. Uh, the Tigers came up against St. Kilda. Only a couple players to mention here, but... Trent Cochin had 119 points. I know it was a milestone game for him. What was it? Two, was it 300? 300. Three, I don't even know. But anyway, probably should have paid more attention when they <laughs> ran through the banner. <laughs> but uh, 119 points. Um, back in that midfield mix after five rounds out, I think from round 11, which may have um, coincided with the change of the coach, but just been chucked back in that midfield, scoring pretty well. I would aim at getting him on the cheap if you are contending just as a bit of depth. If one of your midfielders goes down, having Conchin in your midfield is probably not the worst idea. 
what are your what are your thoughts on something like that, mate? I um I, I've had to play him in my midfield in that uh, keeper because my team has been absolutely in some strife. Yeah. no midfielders whatsoever. Hence bringing a couple in, uh, and watching that the last couple of weeks, he looks like this impact mid that we have seen from him in previous years. Interestingly, I think he had a pretty average last quarter or, or second half. Even Koch was on an absolutely nuts score at halftime. Yeah, uh, loved seeing the role change. Unfortunately, we're talking keepers, and yeah, I don't exactly. see him playing past next year. I'd say. He still looks up to it, yeah. but I just don't think that he has Given that Given where their list is at. And, and where their yeah. list is at, that's yeah, yeah. exactly right. But I think the coaching change has certainly been positive for him. Yeah. And I think for a lot of sides, as a mid-forward, he's going to be on your field and he's going oh, to- he's got forward status, doesn't he? Mid-forward. Oh, absolutely. Jesus. Yeah, that's even better. He better. is going to be absolutely fieldable for the remainder of this year. And yeah. I think he could win some teams' finals, if I'm honest. Yeah, one to target if you're having a crack. And uh, yeah, you don't mind having a few older players in your side. You could probably give up a second or third round draft pick for the year after and get him and it's not really going to affect you too much. So yeah, see how you go with that one. Uh, the other player from this game I want to talk about is Marcus Windhager. Uh, 85 points. He was tagging Bolden early, but I don't know if you watched this one, but it just didn't seem like it was a super tight tag. Like he still was allowed to get a few kicks and touches and I think he had seven tackles in the wet as well, which the conditions probably suited him. Um, but yeah, like in a game like this where he's allowed to, when it's a bit of a slop and it's a bit of tackle and there'll, there'll probably be a few of these throughout the year. Plus he's young, you know, so. Yeah. We've seen we've seen this role from him in the past and I think whatever's going to solidify him in that 22, I think that's our only doubt. We've seen yeah. that he's got capability of scoring, whether that's through tackles, a bit of spread, a few CBAs here or there. Um, young, capability of scoring, he ticks a lot of those boxes. Uh, again, conditions probably suited a little more than, than the average week, but um, on the up and up, absolutely. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And like, yeah, given he's a given he's a younger player, and I think you find a lot of these younger players give like get apprenticeships as taggers and run with roles and stuff like that. And they learn from, you know, good players by doing it as well. So, yeah. you know, don't get too spooked by the tagger tag so to speak. Um, yeah, because he's going to be he's going to be integral to their future midfield. So, Windhag's one. I don't mind at the moment. Yeah. I um, think I was just thinking really quickly. I mean, I mean, the top end of their midfield age-wise, I mean, Brad Crouch isn't exactly young. I mean, yeah. Seb Ross. Jack, Zach Jones isn't that old. He just looks it because he's bald, which yeah. is a theory of mine. <laughs> he's, not, um, he's not playing anyway, though. So, yeah, he's, yeah. he's I think he's stuck in the twos. Yeah. Um, so, it's a really interesting dynamic as to how he fits, but... Um, you know, they're also, as a team, yeah. progressing quite well. So, the youth is very important to them. Yeah. Sebros is a player that I thought wouldn't even be on the side this year. You know what I mean? So, that's probably not far away from moving out as well and leaving a bigger hole for him and more responsibility for him to play different roles depending on the opposition. Anyways, uh, moving on to the Sunday games now. We're flying through this podcast at the moment. But, uh, yeah, uh, the first player I want to talk about from the uh, the Carlton game who actually got a got a win in the end of the Gold Coast Suns. Did you see that coming? Hey, uh, no, I didn't. I, uh, mind you, I checked my tips and mine gets a little print out from the local pub and yeah. apparently Gold Coast were, were comfy roughies in that game and I've tipped them thinking, no, nah, this is an easy win, up 220, 230 or something. Yeah, right. Don't know, where, don't know how that happened. Obviously, all the pundits knew that Michael Voss might come out and save his job. So, yeah, um, interesting. great. They played brilliant football. The pressure was right up. I think they doubled their tackles by th- from last week by three-quarter time. So, yeah. good, good for all the Blues fans out there. There was a spot in the eight on the line as well, so it was kind of a bit crazy that the Gold Coast didn't show up. And it's unsurprising, though, right? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> anyway, uh, from this game, a uh, few Carlton players that stood out. Uh, Matthew Cottrell was the first one. Um, a few weeks ago, I thought he might be the one who initially just replaced Hollands when he got injured, but I think from memory they ended up bringing in Fisher and someone else. 
um, and kind of gave them more time on the wings and stuff like that. But this week, Cottrell was actually back on that wing. Did play, like, he was in the rotation because I noticed Doherty was on the wing as well. Cottrell was in there. Um, Akers plays on the other one. There's a few players rolling through there. But, yeah, he, he probably got more time in the midfield this week and kicked a couple goals when he was up forward, which helped him boost his score. Again, he's not one I would want to start, but if he's on your waivers and you've got nothing else you could possibly do, I don't hate Cottrell given he's got forward status and can get some midfield time. I think he's worth being on the list. I think when he plays, I, I don't mind the role that he tends to get put into. Yeah. It's, it's purely a best 22 situation, I think. Yeah. And where does he fit in that best 22? Because with Carlton's midfield, at the end of the day, we know that's relatively stacked. Holland seems to be the way of the future and Akers is locked onto that other wing. So how often does he get the wing opportunity? I'm not particularly sure, but uh, it certainly looks good when he does play there. Yeah, no, I agree. Again, not a world beater, but handy to have Mm. um, from time to time. Uh, Brody Kemp is the next one I want to talk about. He's put up a few good scores this season and he plays that intercept defender role pretty well for uh, Carlton. The ball always just end, seems to end up in his lap, you know, like he'll just be standing there and like guarding someone and oops, and it just smacks him in the chest and he marks it type thing or like, uh, or, or there's a lot of uncontested just intercept play that he tends to get involved in um, and the chip around as well. So highly touted youngster, he's averaging 74 this season and I think there was a really low, maybe sub-affected or just a really low score at playing lockdown role. So he's had a few big scores. Um, yeah, just a player that's piqued my interest. A lot of fantasy scorers in that Blues back line, but that probably goes to, goes more to do with their game plan and the way he plays. So, yeah. What are yeah. your thoughts on Kemp? Yeah, I think he had the one one average score for no justifiable reason, to be perfectly yeah. honest, from memory. Um, obviously, defender forward status has been fantastic for a lot of owners this year. Yeah. He's not going to retain that into next year, which yeah, is no, a real shame. heavily in defence, yeah. Clear defender, that's all he's going to hold. So... I always find these ones really hard because I go, right now, probably has more value than he does into next year. So these are the guys that I almost look to move on, which is you know somewhat of a unique take, I think, just because people are going to look at him as a defender forward, heading into finals, a lot of flexibility, really, really positive. Um, whereas in next year, he's a 70 averaging defender, which is probably your last guy on field somewhere on your bench. Whereas right now, in either position, potentially gets you more than, uh, than he should be. Be worth yeah no i agree like 74 as a forward this in the season where there's forwards are hard um yeah not the worst option uh tom de Koning is the other one i want to talk about so 83 points probably playing more forward out of the two rucks he's kicked two goals and a pretty easy win but still had the 70 hit outs so had the most hit outs for carlton as well i don't know what are your thoughts i feel like i talk about him every six weeks come and he comes on the show is he gonna make it uh I can't answer that question. What I can yeah. say from watching this game really quite closely due to Witsy being in a couple of my leagues yep. uh, was that it was Wits versus Pitnet for maybe 90% of the ruck contest. There was a little bit of time where there'd be that interchange, yeah. but Tom DeConing played well because he was coming up against Levi Casbolt yeah, pretty okay. well. Yeah, it was pretty well the second, the second ruck kind of contest. Yeah. Um, so when Wits was off the ground... Tom the Coning was on the ground and was the one winning the hit outs. That as makes soon sense. as it was yeah. up against Jared Witts, I think he probably had three or four all game. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. When you're coming up against the second ruck, I think that overinflates the score. But I still don't think he's a bad forward and I still think he should make it, but yeah, that's nah. personal. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like if he was to get the number one ruck roll, he'd be fine. But they just mm. Pinnett's pretty effective for him and a good tap out hit out player as well, which makes sense why he was going up against Wits most of the time. Yeah, so, like yeah. so Wits is, you know, probably only one seven like 70, 30 of the hitouts versus Wits. So Wits got in 70, obviously. Yeah. Pitting at 30. Whereas TDK, if he was up against Wits, it was probably 85, 15. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the reality, I suppose. Yes, yeah, probably correct there. Uh, for Gold Coast, there's only real one shining light that I want to talk about that. 
is Ben Ainsworth. So he averaged, he had, had 89 points. Last year he averaged 76, and he was one of my most consistent players, like a player that I could just plonk on the bench and uh, – I'm sorry, plonk on the field, and I would guarantee like get a 70. I think I think it was like eight or nine weeks straight he got 70-plus, which nice. was super handy. He's nowhere near it this year, but – I don't know. There's a few. I guess Bailey Humphrey comes in the side, kind of goes up forward a bit more. Maybe that's eating a bit. He's been tried in a few different um, roles this year as well. Like so, he was playing on the wing a little bit up in Darwin, which didn't help him because it just wasn't suited for any any kind of outside type player up there. Um, I'm just hoping that the buy was a bit of a reset for him. He can start to dominate a bit more, kick a few more goals. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I. Still think there was a bit of wing time there. I think he got a lot of the ball high up the ground, yeah, which we haven't necessarily expected from him previously. Yeah. Well, he kind of does play that high half forward kind of yeah. connector role. Has played it from time to time. But yeah, was he, I don't know, I didn't watch it super closely, the wing attendances. Was he starting on the wing a fair bit? I didn't see him. It's probably similarly. I'm not sure about yeah, yeah. the start. But what I yeah. did notice him coming up and getting the ball closer to half back than yeah, half yeah, forward, okay. which again, yeah. high half forward isn't unsurprising. But yeah. I think maybe he has continued that role post-Darwin. Yeah. And it might just be the Darwin game style that really hurt him. We saw that some players that really benefited. Yeah. Apparently Jack Lacocious likes kicking bags up in Darwin. Yeah. Well, but if he's playing that high, because he felt deeper earlier in the season. So if he's playing high... Than, and he's not playing in Darwin, maybe that is a good sign for him and maybe just want to monitor. Just a forward option to think about. Can like I wouldn't be surprised if from this point he averaged 70-plus for the rest of the season type yeah. thing. Uh, he's a type of player that can do that. We've seen in the past, and I don't think there's been enough of a change, whether that's forward or on the wing, that's going to yeah. diminish that too much. I just think the Gold Coast... We don't know what to expect from Stewie Jew and the boys week in, week out. Yeah. And positive signs that he put this score up in such a... Poor performance, quite quite frankly, against yeah, yeah. a team who's really been struggling. One of the so. only players out there looked like he was actually trying or yeah. putting anything together. One, so. one question, just because you just mentioned his name, Bailey Humphrey. Yeah. Obviously, uh, young player. Yeah. Getting the ferocity from him. and yeah. He's uh, an aggressive type of player. Somewhat, <laughs> uh, somewhat shithousery is how I would describe it, I'll yeah, be honest, bit. at times. A little bit. A little bit, of a, a little bit of grunt around the ball and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and just getting stuck into guys that he has no business getting stuck <laughs> into. Um but very young and really tenacious. I love to love what I'm seeing from him. He is playing quite deep these last couple of weeks. Obviously, he had a few CBAs a few weeks ago. Seems to have lost that role, but finds a way. He seems to be a good contested mark for his size. Where do you kind of put Humphrey in the the scheme of things? I'm guessing he. Sh- I don't know. He had a couple of he had that zero earlier in the year yeah, unexplicitly. So since then he's been good though. He so, has, and I think yeah. because of that average, it's scaring a lot of people away. But yeah. I, I've really liked what I've had to see from him. Good underage scorer, kind of compared to like a Dusty Martin type as a junior. Um, I think he'll have that mid forward status for a few more years to come, given the depth of their midfield as well. I rate him. Like um, if there's a chance where you could get him in draft, like I don't think he's going to be one of those high ceiling players. He's not. Going to be an Andy Brayshaw, he's not going to be a Clayton Oliver, those types, but he could be like another Matt Rao type or something like that. Um, complementing that midfield goes around that 90 to 100 mark, but we'll have forward status from time to time. So, yeah, player that I would be considering if I was rebuilding or something like that. Uh, yeah, don't mind the kid. Yeah, I really like the Dusty comparison, actually. Just clearly yeah. has some nice around goals, has a good contested mark on him yeah. for his size and can still impact the play just with his his work rate in the midfield. So, yeah. certainly someone that uh, I'm keeping an eye out for and I uh, think you can probably get cheap enough. It's play on the average, play on the zero that he got this year. Yeah, so yeah. He's, he's only a 60 averaging guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Play it to your favour. Um, I didn't watch the Dogs game. I'm sure you did after uh, the Dogs had a rough few weeks in a row. 
good to get the win back on, on track. Oh, I was getting worried at quarter time, mate, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I did see the start. I did see the score at the start. Uh, North Melbourne were taking it to you, but not prevailed in the end. Uh, a few players I just want to talk about. Um, first one was Taron Thomas. Um, what was his role? I heard he was on the half back for a bit. Is that correct? A couple of kick-ins, taking yep. the half back role again, kind of that link-up second guy in. Was he Aaron Hall replacement? Like seemingly. In, I yeah. mean, Zeebel had a pretty low game. Yeah, he was on a lot of time on the bench, wasn't he? A lot of people got excited. How Hall's out, keep Zeebel. I, I was not really sold. I didn't yeah. like what I saw prior. She's with uh, a man, I reckon. Yeah, Sheasel's yeah. role, super versatile. It seems like they are trying a lot of things. Um, both Thomas was taking kick-ins late. Both was in that connecting on the half-back line. And I think he still had five or six CBAs from what I saw. Yeah. Um, probably fifth or so in that chain. LDU coming back. I'm not sure that that'll be consistent. Uh, I guess we had that weird, inexplicable year from him last year. But before that, very highly touted scorer. Certainly knows the way to find the ball. Yeah. It's more about these off-field concerns that are oh, absolutely. a bigger flag than anything he does on the field. Yeah. More so just this role for fantasy Interests me, that's all. So, if he's going to be playing the halfback role with the forward status next to his name, we've seen what Aaron Hall can do in that spot. We've seen what Zebul can do in that spot. You know, we look at Sheezel, who's going to be the best first-year player of all time in that role. Could be some uh, could be some good signs for Taron Thomas owners once he adjusts to that, if that if that continues. Yeah, and like I said, I, I think I saw th- almost three different roles during this game. He's not playing forward, which is what we saw yeah. when he really struggled, so that's a good thing. His scores should be uh, should be up, uh, up higher than we've seen last year. But I'm not entirely convinced personally. All right, cool. Yeah, given I didn't see the game, I'm going to have to take your word for it. <laughs> uh, the only other player that's kind of worth noting, and it's probably a tip of the cap, and that's Cody Waitman. 108 points, kicked the six goals. Do you reckon there's any fantasy potential pedigree now there for the future? Uh, no. Uh, it was a milestone game for him too. Oh, so the boys go. seem to look for him a little was bit more. 50th? 50th, yep. Yeah. Uh, they don't count 50th, do they? Uh, well, <laughs> they, they were talking about it when he kicked uh, okay. his 5th. It was his yep. big deal. And you I only thought, count 50th if you're not really expected to get to your 100th, I reckon. <laughs> I agree. But, yeah. um, so, look, I guess, I guess you could probably play it to that. I also just think it was a good matchup. The North Melbourne tools were... Challenging early to uh, the doggies lineup. There was there was not much that I was seeing out of the likes of Lob, Jamara, Aaron Norton had to go back yeah. with Liam Jones fracturing his arm in the first quarter there. Yeah, so yeah, it, was, that it, it was kind of this is the option for today, and it worked really well. But no, he's not particularly relevant. He's a forward pocketer, and he'll yeah. kick bags, and then he'll do not much for the next few weeks. Yeah, too inconsistent for my liking. Don't want to forwards you, against North though. That's a yeah. good shout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but no, he's someone that probably will lose you games. So yeah, I'm not looking at Cody Waitman either. Or well, he could win you some as well, but depends which way you look at it. <laughs> as long as you pick him when they play North, he'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's the end of the players we're going to talk about this week. Uh, just want to talk about the membership uh, system we got going for this podcast. So members are essentially the lifeblood of this podcast. And the only way it can kind of keep going, especially uh, given the turnover of people on the podcast this year. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been hard to do it without the membership support. Um, so, if you do wish to show your support um, by becoming a member, um, there's a few resources on our website that you will get access to, which include our CBA analysis numbers, uh, our kick-in numbers, State League fantasy scores, all organized and set out for you nicely so you can get them in one spot and see you know, averages and week-by-week scoring in one place instead of having to click a million different pages on the State League sites. Um, and also you get access to the breakout tracker, which just allows you to see how players are in their early stages of their career compare against the best at the same point in their careers. So, 
Each week we thank some gold members. Um, I'll read them out this week because it looks like there's a few tricky names in there. So don't laugh at me too much if I stuff some of these up. But thank you this week to the following gold members. Um, Joel Saratsis, Saratsis, uh, God, Jesus. Billy Hitsatsis, <laughs> go with that one. Uh, Tuas Putin, and I don't know if that's a, a serious name. Uh, Sam Harris, Callum Ryan, Sam Yui, uh, Mark LaGretcher, Mitchell Bennett, Brad Harrison, and Ian Matthews. So thank you to the following gold members. Funnily enough, I actually saw Brad Harrison at the uh, the Model Train Expo uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So we both had our, um, our kids there. I've met Brad a few times at the Traders Live shows and uh, came to our live show and stuff like that. Um, both had our kids there. Funnily, funnily enough, though, a fair bit of crossover between AFL fantasy enthusiasts and model train enthusiasts. Who would have thought? Mate, <laughs> that was not something I was expecting. I thought you were going to say the footy or Little Pub when you no, said you saw him. But no, the model no. train expo, whilst I have no yes. judgment on that, is certainly not yeah. my area of expertise. So don't, don't catch me on your spin-off do, podcast. Something to do with trains and uh, fantasy stats that really kind of get people going. Because I saw there's a couple of people there that knew the podcast. So. There you go, mate. Yeah, it was interesting. But anyway. Spin-off. Um, yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah, the, the fantasy uh, train, uh, model train expo uh, crossover podcast. There we go. Anyways, we'll wrap this up because it's going to be a short, sharp and shiny episode. We've just got the listener questions to do. First one comes from Ninja Spoon one uh, Any mid-season draftees catching your eyes for a waiver wire stash? For me, there was a lot of like key forwards and small forwards and goal kickers and things like that taken. Um, the only one that had a credible fantasy kind of score was Mitch Hardy. I think his name was. For, he went to Geelong. And thinking there's a lot of midfielders out at Geelong at the moment. So Tanner Brewer went down. Dangerfield went down um, at the moment. So he might be one they look at, but I just don't know where he actually sits. I feel like he's like a real break glass in case of emergency thing, which does suit the situation. But I think he might need some more time in the AFL system before he gets a run. Yep. Quint Narkle maybe was the other one. And who was the other one that got picked up by the dogs he's played for Collingwood? Caleb Poulter, yep. Yeah. That was probably the only one I was going to mention. Really yeah. interesting. I was really surprised at his delisting, to be honest. I liked what I saw over the last year or two from the games he did play. Yeah. Uh, real traditional wingman. Yep. Uh, and if I look at the dogs list, obviously Oscar Baker's made a name for himself this yeah. year, kind of out of nowhere. But it is a play, plays, like a place where your team needs depth in. That's what I was about to say. But yeah. losing Lockie Hunter in the offseason, if, if Baker was to go down, I don't know who our ready-made replacement is unless you want to watch McRae sulking on the wing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, for that reason, I think Caleb Poulter's at least a watch. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that he's close enough. I think it's more of a, if there's an injury, you jump straight into it because yeah. he's probably next guy up. Yeah, no one else really stands out for me as a stash option. There's no one young midfielders and, I don't know, everyone else doesn't seem to be a fancy type. So, not this year, unfortunately. We're not, I don't think we're going to get that John Newcomb out of it. But, you know, fast forward 12 months and I'm probably wrong and there's probably some gun out there. But, anyways, um, Arnim Mikey wants to know, um, is Cochin a trade-in option in Reed? draft, averaging 70% CBAs and average 106 the past two weeks. I think we went over that already. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. If you're competing, he's definitely someone, um, or redraft, sorry, that is. But I, I still, it still is given that forward status. He's definitely, um, yeah, definitely someone that I would be getting in and targeting. Um, there might just be a bit of stigma next to his name a bit as well, or just the age or, you know, just people haven't been watching him closely and seeing what he's doing. They just see that average next to his name, which isn't as uh, as nice as it has been for over the past few weeks. So, yeah, one to, uh, to look at. Tom Oates wants to know what is happening. Sorry, Tom Oates. Yeah, wants to know what is happening with Elijah Holland. To be honest, I have no idea. So, who's playing on the wings at the Gold Coast at the moment? Because they're not playing Ellis as well. And I just can't even think off the top of my head 
who's actually getting those roles right now. But I'll have a look at his state league scores and see what he's doing. He's- uh, I can tell you one thing that he's been doing. He's been kicking bags on and TikTok. He's been kicking goals from the pocket and getting real, uh, real hot oh, about yeah, it. I don't I know if you've actually, seen that video. I've but, seen that. Um, Fiorini obviously playing on one of the wings. Um, Ainsworth was named on the other wing. Like we said, he definitely is playing up there a fair bit. Yeah. Um, I think at times I've even seen guys like Humphrey seem to fill in the roles. Yeah. Maybe even like an Alex Davies. I think Atkins times. has been at times as well. The yeah. rats. Oh, so, the rats. Yeah, he's probably oh, doing more. Please so. don't get me started with him. That was a. I haven't owned him. He was terrible all game, and then suddenly starts taking kickouts and racks up like a forty point last quarter, and then everyone gets excited about it. Yeah, he's not doing much in the the VFL. He's averaging sixty nine point six, and he had ninety eight on the weekend. But yeah, I don't think he's had that many big scores. I don't think he hasn't cracked a ton yet at VFL level, which doesn't bode well given the, some of the scores that get put up in that league. I just think he's kind of not quite a wingman, not quite a forward. Like he's kind of just in between. Um, I think he, as a junior, he was a midfielder, like an inside mid, but probably doesn't suit the type there though as well. Um, well, sorry, inside, well, mid, mid forward, but we could go to the CBAs and stuff like that. But yeah, I just kind of think he's, there's too many players that can play his role better and he's not kind of one or the other. We, we already mentioned Humphrey. Well, yeah, exactly. well, Humphrey's probably not so much a winger, but he does the other two roles much better than yeah, Hollands yeah. does and he's got younger and a bit more excitement about him in my opinion anyway. But hey, watch him on TikTok. He'll kick a few goals. <laughs> yeah, follow him on TikTok. That's probably the, that's what's happening with him, his TikTok <laughs> profile. Um, and last question of the day, uh, Matt Roach wants to know, are Juicy Prissy's days as the number one over with Briggs playing so well? That is that is the question, isn't it? I think we've been wondering about GWS's ruck setup for two years, and I think we're going to be continuing to head down that track. Is Bruce ever going to be fit, though? I don't know. And could you could you as a selector right now say no? Briggs is not going to be in our side. Yeah, I just can't see it. I no. Can't, at worst case, they're going to be a two ruck setup, which yeah, is less gross. Is less beneficial to to either party. Yeah, I just think if Briggs keeps this up, he's clearly holding that spot there. No one's kicking him out of the side. If Prus retires like at the end of the year, just given the injuries, he I'd just love to know what his like net worth would be after some of the contracts he's had with not playing much footy. Like I think he's he's under fifty games played, surely. Oh, you would think so. Yeah, but I think yeah, yeah his Melbourne contract was big, like and then went up to GDS, which I think was quite good like good for what he's produced in the past anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh Bruce yeah, I, th- I think I think he is. I think his days are over as a number one ruck. I think Briggs is just too good at the moment. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's probably just as much of a frustrating own for GWS as it is for any fantasy coaches out there that still have them in this side. Yeah. It's just you just hate to see it to be honest. Yeah. Someone can't get their body right. But I guess uh, with you know these negatives, there is opportunity, and Briggs is grabbing it with both hands. So correct. Happy days for Briggs owners. All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast for another week. Uh, thanks, Jake, for coming on. Where can our listeners find your stuff? Surely everyone knows Hatchat these days. Oh, I don't know about that. I appreciate the sentiment. You've got though. people at work calling you. That, uh, <laughs> that are you, Jake, from Hatchat? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. DC had the same thing. Uh, I'll not tell his story, but he does He does work at the AIS, and apparently yeah. one of the elite athletes asked him if he was DC from Hatchat, uh, which is- so good. That must feel pretty cool, I must admit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you'll find me at Dunkley's Donuts, and you can find us at Hatchat AFL. Um, pleasure being on once again. Mate. Nah, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, always a pleasure to have you. And given that you work two streets over, it's uh, pretty convenient at the same time. <laughs> uh, to get around us on our socials at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad. And if you want to support the podcast, please sign up as a member. There is a link in the description below. Anyways, that's it for another week. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. <laughs>